Top of the top episode 227 Stash House Podcast. Your boy Tyler checking in. First time listeners, thank y'all for tuning in. If you tune in weekly, salute. And it's just an episode, something topics you may want to hear about. Salute to you as well. Podcast available on all podcast streaming platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure you guys go out, subscribe, leave comments, reviews, put your people on. All feedback is welcome. And thank y'all once again for tuning in. Hope everyone had a safe week, a safe weekend. Continue to do the same this upcoming week. Y'all know who I'm here to talk about first. Y'all know where I'm starting at first. Ohio State, Notre Dame. Ohio State, we got the victory over the weekend. 17-14, to 14, crazy, crazy game. One of those that had me pacing in front of my television for the last quarter, most definitely, if not the entire game. So let's talk about it. First, let's talk about Notre Dame. Let's talk about Notre Dame. Our defense was able to hold them to 14 points. Before this game, Notre Dame was averaging over 40 points, so I got to give a congratulations to our defense. That was the key factor I had going into this game. Notre Dame experienced quarterback Sam Hartman, 17 for 25, 175 yards, one touchdown. But the most intriguing thing about Notre Dame offense, they was running a five running back rotation. A five running back rotation. I'm not sure if this is a thing they've been doing since the start of the season. But for a minute there, it had me kind of nervous. It had me nervous because I know our defense. And me thinking, damn, a five running back rotation, I'm thinking two might be the elusive uh, elusive running backs. One might be the bruiser. And two more might be the ones that can go out as a receiver just drop down pass and let them get some yards at the carry type of situation. But we was able to hold them for the most part. But one thing Notre Dame offense killed our defense on and our entire team on, time of possession. And I thought that was going to be the ultimate factor in this game. 35 minutes compared to our 25 minutes. I feel like we was lucky to get three possessions a quarter, honestly. I feel like our offense was on the sideline for the majority of the game. So Notre Dame offense, they had me – in that position where I'm like, okay, they're at home, they're getting the calls, we know how this may go, but there's a reason why they play the game. So our offense, man, our offense, easily for me, our offense looked very, very stagnant. I can go and say that off rip. And Ryan Day, compared to what he was saying leading up to the game, oh, Ohio State fans, y'all going to love the game plan for this week. We're going to air it out. We're going to let it rip. Total, total opposite. Kyle McCord. Visibly shook for the most part. 21 for 37, 240 yards, but no touchdowns, no interceptions, by the way. But he needed a game like this. Our entire team needed a game like this. Young quarterback, hostile environment, primetime game, top 10 matchup. What can you do? Can you put drives together? Can you not turn the ball over? Can you make Good decisions, even though it may not end up in the first down or a touchdown. Just good decisions overall. And for the majority, Kyle McCord, he put us in position to win the game. So I got to give him credit. We needed a game like this. You need an ugly win here and there. So Kyle McCord, he didn't do what I thought he was going to do, but he did enough. <laughs> he did enough. Our running backs, Trevion Henderson, 14 carries, 104 yards, one touchdown. He broke – 
a 61-yard touchdown that really kind of, you know, woke us up a little bit. But even with that touchdown, Marvin Harrison suffered an injury, an ankle injury. He did come back in the game. We got a bye week this upcoming week, so it seems he's it seems as if he's going to be okay moving forward. Chip, walk-off touchdown in the fourth quarter. Talk about that a little bit later. Our right receivers, Emega Abuka, seven receptions, 96 yards. The security blanket Saturday night for Kyle McCord. Outside of maybe one or two catches that wasn't completed, Ibuka, anytime McCord threw him the ball, he was bringing it in. Definitely that last drive. He was very, very key for that last drive. So Ibuka, security blanket Saturday night. Stover also had seven receptions. Marvin Harrison Jr., three receptions, 32 yards. Unacceptable. We got to find a way. Moving forward, like I said, Heartline, Ryan Day, when it comes to this play calling, how can you not have Marvin Harrison all around the field? Put him in slot position sometimes. Sometimes do a right receiver sweep just to get the ball in his hands, just to get him moving, get him some tackles, get him some hits in so he can be welcome into the game. There should be no reason why Marvin Harrison Jr. only had three catches Saturday night. That's unacceptable. And like I said, he came back after the injury, even before the injury. You got to get him involved. Get him involved. Let him do some yards after catch type situations. Get Marvin Harrison Jr. more involved the rest of the season. Please. That's all I'm asking you. <laughs> so, <laughs> overall, let's get to the game overall. Like I said, Notre Dame had me worried with this fire running back system. I feel like anytime Hartman threw the ball somehow, some way, a receiver was wide open in the middle of the field. They kept doing the route. Y'all know I'm not expertise like that. The route where the receiver – probably run four or five yards and just stop, quick stop and pop type of play. They kept doing that. But our defense held them still. Our defense held them still. Our defense didn't get flustered. They stayed to the plan. They stayed to the plan for the majority of the part of the game. I'm sorry. But the last three drives, two Ohio State drives and one Notre Dame drive, our possession before last, that fourth and inches, I don't know – who decide coming out of a timeout at that? Who decides to run a right receiver sweep on fourth and inches? When you got Travion Henderson, you got Chip, and you got Maya Williams. And you got a quarterback who could just quarterback sneak it. So I didn't understand that. So instantly I tweeted, I said, once again, Ryan Day. Once again, play calling. Come on. A right receiver sweep, fourth and inches, come on now. Unacceptable. So, Notre Dame got the ball back. Once again, our defense held them. Defense held them. We was able to get the ball back with like a minute left or something like that. Ball in Kyle McCord's hand. Last drive of the game. We need a touchdown. What can you do? First two throws, I believe, incomplete. I was like, yeah, he he's nervous. He's, ner- he's nervous. Come back, Ibuka, I believe it was. Got him some yards. Harrison got us some yards. Cage Stover got us some yards. Julian Fleming got us some yards. Intentional grounding. Ah, oh. we got the intentional grounding call. I was like, oh, here we go. Come back after the intentional grounding. Ibuka again. Now this Ibuka catch. Let me tell y'all how vital it was. It wasn't a goal situation. 
if it was a goal situation to where we couldn't just get a first down, and the first down mark was like at the three, two-yard line, something like that. So we can get the first down, but we we didn't have to score at the same time, but you need a touchdown. So you're looking for the touchdown, but where he caught it, it was like right at the first down marker. He got the first down. Now in college, last two minutes, get the first down, the clock stopped. Clock stopped at seven seconds. We was able to spike the ball. If it was a goal situation to where you got to get the touchdown or the clock will continue to run, we would have lost that game. Either lost the game or we would have probably had maybe one second to get down and spike it. Maybe one second. So that catch was very, very important. We got the first down marker. So now we at the two-yard line, one-yard line, something like that. Seven seconds left. I said, okay, clearly this might be a pass. It has to be quick, though. Has to be quick. And I started having flashbacks of the Russell Wilson and the New England Patriots Super Bowl. I was like, fam, please do not throw an interception right now. Please. So I, look, I believe he threw it to Marvin Harrison, if I'm not mistaken. Marvin Harrison, incomplete pass. Three seconds left on the clock, if I'm not mistaken. So I like, fam, just run it. From my point of view, I was like, win or lose, just run it. If we lose, so be it. But if we would have passed, I would have been like, you know, we would probably hope for a pass interference call. He would have severely overthrew him. He probably got sacked or something. I like a lot of things can happen on the pass. But fam, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, Chip, quarterback sneak, just run the ball. We right here at the marker. We just had a bad fourth and inches play the last possession. Just run it and live with the results. And we ran it. <laughs> they handed off the chip. He broke the plane. I knew it instantly. It wasn't. I didn't need a replay. I didn't need a replay. And somehow, some way, we got the W. And as soon as the clock hit zero, all the review confirmations was you know, confirmed. I got a text. The text said, now you know y'all should have lost. I instantly text back with no hesitation. You know what? I can't disagree. <laughs> because everything led to us losing that game. Five quarterback rotation, experienced quarterback, Marvin Harris only three catches, Kyle McCord obviously shook, running backs outside of that one touchdown run from Henderson couldn't get going, intentional ground in the last the uh, last drive, barely making that first down, spiking the ball, major decisions had to be made for those last two possessions. And then I saw video after the game. The last two plays, Notre Dame only had 10 defenders out on the field. That's a date issue. We, I can't do nothing about that. That's a date issue. So Ohio State, 17-14, we got the victory. After the game, Ryan Day, post-game interview, taking shots at Lou Holtz because Lou Holtz said some things on the Pat McAfee show. And instantly when, instantly when I saw that, the first person that came to my mind was Mark May. I don't know who was around watching ESPN that time, but Lou Holtz and Mark May had a show, and Mark May was the biggest Ohio State hater. Ohio State could win 56-0. Mark May would find something to complain about with Ohio State. So that's what I thought of when Ryan Day was doing that. And me personally, if I was Ryan Day, like I said before, the start of the season, I don't think his seat is hot. I do think it's a little bit warm. I think the outcome of this game Saturday night – would have probably determined if it would have got a little bit hotter or not. 
Well, if I was Ryan Day, I would have just shot at everybody. I would shot at Lou Holtz. I would have shot at Mark May. I would shot at Alabama, Georgia, Colorado. It would have been the headline would have been after a stunning victory in Notre Dame, Ohio State coaches loses his mind in post-game interview. <laughs> I would have went ballistic if I was him because we needed a game like this. We needed a game like this. Everything Ohio State fans in general have said about Ryan Day and this team the past few years, we needed a game like this. Like I said, all roads to uh, all roads led to us probably losing this game. Somehow, some way, Kyle McCord put a drive together. That last possession, like I said, Emega Abuka played security blanket the entire game. Chip, we've been saying his name for the past couple seasons. I was like, yo, Chip is the one we need to put more in the rotation. And he probably had the biggest touchdown of his career so far. I was excited. I was happy about the victory. And next week, we got a bye week. What better way to go into a bye week with a tremendous victory at Notre Dame? Now, let's build on this moving forward. There should be no reason why Marvin Harrison Jr. only had three catches. We still got a lot to work on, honestly. We got a lot to work on, but for the time being, we're going to take this victory build off of it, and we'll see where the rest of the season goes. But we do have a bye week this week, so I'm excited about that. I don't got to worry about uh, pacing back and forth in front of the television this weekend. So that's that on that. Shout out to my Buckeyes. We got the victory over Notre Dame 17-14. But before this game, the 330 slot, my intentional plans were to switch between the Ole Miss and Alabama game and the Colorado-Oregon game. That quickly became me just watching the Alabama Ole Miss game because Oregon wasted no time against Colorado. They won 42-6. Wasn't much of a game. The game was really over with at halftime, honestly. Now, the main thing, Coach Prime, Colorado, everybody over there, how will you respond? This upcoming weekend, you got the big game against USC. You got all the media outlets once again coming to Colorado off of this humiliating loss. How will you respond? The honeymoon phase is over with. I think a lot of us saw this coming eventually. I don't think nobody had them going undefeated. I would have loved to see the magical Cinderella, you know, undefeated. It would have been cool to see, but a lot of us knew that wasn't going to happen. There was a reason why I was on this podcast saying, I like everything Prime to doing, but I'm waiting for that Oregon game. I'm waiting for that USC game. There's a reason why I was saying that. So now, how will you respond? After a humiliating loss, it wasn't just a tight game situation and you come up on the losing side of things. Y'all got humiliated. Y'all got embarrassed. How will you respond? I didn't mention this last episode, but Travis Hunter, one of their star players, he's going to be out this game. He was out the Oregon game. He was out. He's going to be out for the USC game. I believe he's going to be out for the next game as well. He had got hit, cheap shot hit against Colorado State. I didn't mention that last episode, so I do want to. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that probably would have made a difference, but I do just want to say that. But going forward, especially this upcoming weekend, you might not even win against USC because they got Caleb Williams, that high-power offense, Heisman Trophy winner. You might not even win this game. But how will you respond? You got to do better than this six points. You have to do better than seeing how Shadur was just getting sacked and everything. Nobody, I didn't want to see Prime get his first L like that. You know what I'm saying? I would have been better off the way the Colorado State game was or something. I like. I don't want to see Prime get humiliated like that. But it is Prime. I believe they will shape back. They will look better against USC. 
like I said, I don't know about a win, but they'll look better. And, yeah, it's still the story of the college football season. I think this upcoming weekend against USC would be even more star-studded than it was against Colorado State. Because, one, it is USC, and you got this uh, this loss you just took against Oregon. I think even more people are going to come out and support. You just got to look better than you did against Oregon. And shout out to Bo Nitz, former quarterback at Auburn. His dad coaches down here in my area at one of the high schools, probably the premier high school in terms of football, Central. I hate to say that because I went to Russell County, but you got to give credit where credit is due. Bo Nitz's dad is the head coach down here, and they kept showing him in the crowd at the game. But, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Alabama picked up the victory over Ole Miss as well, 24-10. to At the noon slot, I watched the Florida State-Clemson game. Florida State won. 31 to 24 in overtime. That was a very entertaining game. Crazy to see how Clemson been looking since they lost to Ohio State a couple years ago, but that's a conversation I already had. But we'll see how it goes for Clemson and Dabo in the near future. This upcoming weekend, like I said, Ohio State, we do have a bye week, so the games I'm looking forward to this upcoming weekend. Of course, like I said, you got USC in Colorado, you got Florida, Kentucky, Georgia, Auburn. You know, that's a big rivalry game down here. LSU, Ole Miss, uh, got Alabama, Mississippi State as well. So, it's still some games to check out this upcoming weekend as well. But this past weekend, Saturday night, Ohio State, we got the victory over Notre Dame, 17-14, to and a crazy one. Now, in wrestling news, on the business side of things, September 12th, a couple weeks ago, the merger was made official between the UFC – and the WWE, they are now the TKO company value at $21 billion with the WWE holding $9.3 billion in that estate. Vince McMahon will stay on as the executive chairman. So if you've been paying attention to the product in the past couple of weeks and some things has happened that made you scratch your head a little bit, that may be why. They said no drastic changes were to come in the near future, all that it didn't take long. It didn't take long at all. September 21st, last Thursday, an agreement was made. Five-year partnership with NBC and the WWE. Of course, y'all know we got the Peacock app, all that that goes on with that. But the news was October 2024, Friday Night SmackDown will move to USA. And they saying September 2024, Raw and NST will move from the USA Network. So, one thing I'll say about this, if you want to know more information about the ins and outs of TV deals and all that, with this situation in particular, Eric Bischoff, Strictly Business, it's underneath the 83 Weeks podcast he has with him and Conrad. They talked about this situation. They got deep into it because, you know, Eric Bischoff was the executive producer of WCW back in the day, and he does a lot of work in television. So they got very in-depth about ratings. and Because a lot of people, we know SmackDown was very, very high in ratings on Fox, but they wasn't bringing, it, bringing in the numbers Fox wanted. So Fox was like, we're not going to re-up our deal if you're not bringing in this certain amount of millions of views. Like, I think they said Fox wanted five to six million views, but SmackDown was bringing in two, maybe three a week. Even though that's still crazy numbers, but, you know, it is the television business. So, Eric Bischoff podcast, 83 weeks. They talked about this a lot more in depth. But the biggest thing a lot of people were saying was since Raw and NXT are leaving USA, 
what network is going to pick them up. If Fox didn't want them, and Fox is the top two, top three in terms of television networks, if they don't put their trust in wrestling, who else you got? Of course, USA is like the home base. You got Raw on there now. They're saying SmackDown is going to come. They got NXT. I don't know why they can't have all three. I don't know. I didn't see the reason and why. Because Raw is on Monday, NXT is on Tuesday, SmackDown is on Friday. I'm not sure. I didn't. I I don't think I heard a reason why they can't have all three. But it is what it is. Of course, TBS and TNT they have AEW, so I doubt they're investing in it. So my thing was instantly well, you got the Peacock out. You know, we are in this streaming era. You got the Peacock out. Why not just streaming on the Peacock app? So. We'll see how it goes. Of course, with this news as well, they had some releases. Most notably, uh, Dolph Ziggler, who's been around for years. Shelton Benjamin been around for years. Matt Riddle, of course, he announced he's out of the company as well. I think that got more to do with his outside stuff more than it is, you know, the rest of the people who got cut. Had some women and some men from NST as well, and also some more people from the main roster who was released. The good thing about today's wrestling world, you got other promotions they can go to compared to back then where if you get cut, you got to instantly go to the indies or instantly go to Impact where Impact wasn't really Impact like that back in the day. But now you got AEW, of course, and Tony Khan. He's quick to open up the checkbook. So we'll see how it goes. But back to this merger and this situation with SmackDown now. We'll see how it goes, man. Uh, like I said, Vince McMahon is staying on board. Of course, last week, like I said, The Rock was in Colorado. He made some comments about this year's WrestleMania or next year's WrestleMania in Philadelphia. We'll see how it goes. Of course, people on the internet, they wondering how that's going to affect the Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes, possible rematch and everything. But it's a year away from now. That's the crazy part. We had like a, so much dialogue about this within the past week in the wrestling world. It doesn't take effect until next year, next September, next October. But in terms of television deals, you got to have those in place way ahead of time because you got to get packages ready, got to get sponsorships, you got to get uh, previews and commercials. You got to get all that situated way ahead of time before you premiere on television. So, SmackDown, will SmackDown still stay on Friday nights on the USA Network? Will Monday Night Raw not be Monday Night Raw anymore? NXT, what would that future hold as well? A lot of questions still left to be answered with this situation. Man, uh, end of an era. End of an era. I enjoy SmackDown on Fox. You know, on Friday nights, if I don't got nothing planned, I know I got this to watch. And then nowadays, like I said, you got AEW, so on Friday nights as well. So we'll see how it goes. But also with this deal, a four they, they would have four primetime specials on NBC for 2024 and 2025. Not sure it's going to be like a Knight of Champions type of thing or what. But, I mean, major business going down with NBC and the WWE as well. Um, yeah, we just have to see how this play out. We'll see how it play out. I knew a lot of changes was going to come from this. Of course, I was in Hollywood uh, in WrestleMania when the first news broke about this merger, and we instantly saw the changes that were made the Monday night after after WrestleMania. So with this news coming so quickly, man, uh, just buckle up. Just buckle up uh, and just 
see where it goes. That's the best I can do. Just see where it goes. I work in television, so I understand like contracts and not want to be re-up for networks and all that. But I think Fox did a great job. Fox did a great job with promoting SmackDown and everything throughout college football and the NFL. I thought everything was on the up and up, but, you know, it is the wrestling business. It is the television business at the end of the day. So we'll just see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. But this may episode 227, Stash House Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Go out, have a great work week, a great school week. Stay safe, stay hydrated. Pay attention to the temperatures. Last week, temps got a little bit low, but, you know, fall is here, thankfully. So, we don't got to worry about 99, 100-degree weather no more for the majority of the rest of the year. So, keep me in your prayers. I'll do the same for y'all. Salute.